Yo, welcome back. This is part two of my episode with Jen Richie Nicholas of Pixel Parlor. Dumb, naked, and broke. Let's get into it. And then I was like, damn, this guy's cool because he actually like had, after I think I was like, this is an awkward conversation. Please don't ever show up without your stuff again. Um, but then you emailed me. First off, it is a testament to your quality of work and who, but also more so who you are. Because then you like called me a couple of years later and you're like, hey, remember me? And I was like, I sure do. <laughs> yes, that was, that was very funny because like even when I met you, there was no process of me working with Pixel Parlor. It was just... You're just exploring. I, I needed the exposure. Yeah. And I remember I had worked with Cloud Geshen. Mm-hmm. They're a top caliber. And my my brain was, I was like, okay, 100%, we already, we're going to be at 100 all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, that wasn't the case. So when I came back to Philly, I was trying to get exposed to a lot more studios. And uh, Cloud Geshen wanted me to come in. And um, I was like, I want to, because I, I had started finding a liking towards type and want to explore that so I was like I need to be in a studio that do more like graphic design Mm -hmm. stuff that I'm common with and so I started reaching out to a bunch of studios and the responses were uh we're too busy or no response at all which is very crazy to me Uh, because that one really kind of made me mad Mm -hmm. it made me feel kind of unimportant um and then some people would say uh come in like you know, a couple of weeks from now, and I'll be like, oh, I'm going to be in school. Because back mm-hmm. then, I was playing soccer. I had to be in um, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. college, mm-hmm. uh, probably like a month or so earlier than everyone. So it was like all these things. Um, but Pixel Parlor, when I reached out, was just like I, I looked at the work, and I was like, wow, the work is good and high-caliber people. And obviously, I need to, whatever it's happening, I just need to be in the mix. And so that was the, the thing. But... Outside of that, I was like, it's, as far as I needed to know, like, what it took to work at Pixel mm-hmm. Parlor. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily particularly at Pixel Parlor, but like caliber yeah. of a design studio. And so for me, when I went back to college, I was like, I kind of, you know, it was, you know, the meeting for me was awesome. But I, I as a person, felt bad on my end. Not, not your end as far as what you said. I felt bad on my end because I was like... Um, I thought I was prepped. And I got there, I was like, oh, again, sim- similar thing we're talking about with, you know, pushing it to that next level. So when I went back on co- to college, I started working on my resume, you know, junior year, uh, getting the portfolio together. Uh, by the end of the junior year, I had my resume, portfolio was print, digital. Um, I had uh, interactive PDF mm-hmm. as well. Um, so it was like all this stuff that I had already just from, you know, Probably our conversation was mm-hmm. 30 to an hour um, as far as time, but a lot of things that were, you know, smaller things, I ended up exploring into bigger things and learning more. And and at the end of the journey, I, I all my professional stuff done. I had a website and all yeah. that. So it was senior year, I was just hanging out. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, it was also stuff to do, but I credit that to you because I feel like, again, my personal thing has been being in an environment where... 
um, like I, I know who I am and I know what I have to offer, yep. but it's not like I'm in every environment and I'm like, oh, I'm good at what I do in this setting. So much of how can I complement what people are already doing mm -hmm. so that collectively, you know, everyone is, is better off. Um, so that's what I try to like find when mm -hmm. I'm at a new spot, but. It's a lot of it's about good chemistry. Yeah, but like as, as far as the overall experience, that did a lot for me professionally in terms of, and then even in terms of just like stepping out there, yeah. that also was a push as well. Um, you put yourself out there a lot. Yeah, you have to. You have like to, you have, you have to. to take that, you have to be kind of fearless. And even though you're terrified, you're just like, I'm gonna and you just do it. Yeah, and I think like actually before we met, I probably like walking behind you for like a block. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got to the front door and I was like, you going in? He was like, yeah. And I was like, I'm meeting someone named Chen. And he was like, oh, I'm Chen. And I, we walked upstairs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it was funny because I got off the train and I was like, and I saw you probably like a, at the end of the block mm -hmm. and I was, and I was like, hmm, maybe not. Because that's where my like, house yeah, is. Yeah, it was like turning and I'm like, similar turns, but yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was totally me because I was yeah. walking from the house to the studio. But I mean, like really having the resilience is really important. Like yeah. going through something that was like awkward and just saying, hey, oops, yeah. sorry about that. I'm going to do better this time. And then actually like living up to it, it makes a big difference. It really yeah. does make a big difference. And I saw that in you. That's like, no, not most people would have been like. Yeah, even when I reached out the second time, I was like, because I wasn't even thinking about you particularly. Mm -hmm. I went on the website and I, I don't know if I fill out the application or probably was like looking through the the team and mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I do know Jen. So probably that was how, when I reached out, but it was more of just reaching out to you, not mm -hmm. even thinking you would remember me in that sense, but just like, you know, new and improved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, new and improved, definitely. I mean, that's what you, you got it. I mean, most college students are completely oblivious. They don't know. No. And it's also shame on the school for not telling you how to show up, right? That's part yeah. of their responsibility too, to prime you and help help coach you through mm. what the general expectations are. And I mean, Manny, you were like one of like 30 people who showed up to like, to have an interview and like hadn't had, didn't have anything. And I was just like, go. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I can't do wow. this anymore. So but yeah, that was, that was also something I was thinking about was the traffic of people that mm -hmm. would be showing up to the studios. So I felt fortunate to have that sit down. Um, Cause you know, it's always like, when you set out to do something, you gotta be grateful mm -hmm. that it happens, mm -hmm. regardless of if the outcome was what you expected. Right. Um, so the whole thing, I appreciated. And like I said, a lot of growth came out of it for me. And you know, even reflecting on it now, interesting. <laughs> Yo, when you edit this, make sure, you, the record show that I did bring a print portfolio. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Did <laughs> uh, that, that's a good story. <laughs> I remember it. I was like, oh, <sighs> this is real awkward. I'm sweating just thinking about it now. <laughs> I, I would have kicked. I would have kicked whoever out too. Yeah, I think you were like the, the straw that broke the camel's back with me. Wow. But then you came back and then you got a job and you were great <laughs> and it worked out fine. Like, and now we're friends. So it's all good. Persistence yes. pays off. Um, when are you most productive? Morning or night? Mornings, mornings. I have started a ritual where I wake up at about 5.15. I go to the, I go to work out to do Pilates from six until seven. 
And then like I have I have like four hours before I even show up to the studio. Wow. So I get a lot of stuff done. It does it helps that I have two kids that really occupy a lot of my time, but I'm most productive in the morning. I never ever thought I would be that person to say that, but kids definitely will <laughs> flip your internal clock. Wow. So like as far as waking up at time, what do you wake up normally? Five thirty I wake that up late. <laughs> I, I wake up at five. Like if uh, no, if under normal circumstances, mm. I would sleep until eleven. Mm. But um, I, the, the, the work day circumstances. The work day, I'm wake, waking up at five fifteen in the morning. Wow. So and like I just have to like mm. go to work out mm. for an hour. Like do come back, meditate for like fifteen minutes, and mm. then like make some tea, get you know ready for the day, and. Um, it's my undistracted time. It's my undistracted time because um, I'm very distracted here. I'm surprised my phone's not like vibrating off of a yeah, table somewhere. I think you took it out the room. I had to leave. It had to leave the room. The phone has to leave the room. I have, I think I have 47,000 unread messages in my Ooh. phone. So uh, I just like I. Is that I, text messages? That's unread emails. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> but it's no, it's not text mail. Oh my God, I would just buy a new phone, I think, at that point and change my phone number. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's, it's, but it's like I, um, I'm constantly distracted all day. So, like that, for mental health and just general wellness, like having those few hours in the morning where nobody's asking me for something or um, complaining. <laughs> because <laughs> children complain a lot um or just like just generally uninterrupted time is really important i think mm -hmm. as a creative person it's really important as a human being who is has i have my fingers in a lot of things um having any amount of time without mm -hmm. interruption is just um keeps is allows me to keep it together because i think like if you just in every waking if every waking hour of your day is like phone calls text messages emails, Slack, Basecamp, social, social media, like all this stuff all the time, you like start to get a little shaky. It's like, who, what do you even, what do you, where do you even go first? Like, right. and then how do you even think, right? When you're that overstimulated, I'm, mm. I really like, I, can we just pick one form <laughs> of communication and stick with one form of communication? <laughs> because having it, like having email, text, Slack, Basecamp, um, several Basecamp accounts, like all this stuff together is, I don't know where to look and I don't know what to focus on. Right. So I, as a result of being over, overly connected, I've had to find time to, time to completely disconnect. Mm. Um, or I will, I just, I'll just not be productive. Um, so what time you would say normally the, the work day ends? What's it? Five o'clock. 5.30 for us. Okay. So 5.15 in yeah, the morning. You, you shut it down? I have to. Well, I have to. I have to pick up children. And right. You can't just... I have like, to, I'm saying, like, you disconnect. Like I totally really disconnect. disconnect. I have to um, because of the kids. Andrew, mm. my partner, he will... He'll let it trickle in, like, until 1 or 2 in the morning. I don't do that. Um, I used to do that. I mean, I used to do that. I was working 120-hour weeks for a really long time. And um, I know that it, it really tore me down. Um, and that just knows, like when I start having more work than I can accomplish, that just like tells me that there's another job position that's opening that I need to hire for and fill. Um, so yeah, I try to work 40 hour weeks. I'm, I'm not normal. I'm not normal. <laughs> that's um, a good thing. I don't think anyone's normal. People just kind of fake normalcy <laughs> <laughs> but i just like i can't i mean i still i'm still booked from 5 a.m until 10 30 mm. p.m solid every single day yeah. between like taking care of myself taking care of the business and then taking care of my right. family um so yeah i but only work from 
9 a.m. till 5.30 p.m. And I try to take a lunch every day. But it's it's the opposite of what I used to do. It's the opposite. Yeah. Like in New York City, like all the design studios expect you to work 60, 70, 80, 100 or more hours. And literally, like people die. Like I was seeing people have heart attacks. I was seeing people go to the emergency room for exhaustion. Designers. Designers. Like literally, <laughs> one of my jobs, a designer died because oh. he had a heart attack. Oh, no, oh my gosh. He had a heart attack from overworking. Another guy, he just died. He was like the model builder at one of my, the architecture firms I worked for. And as far as I can recall, he died in on a office. model on the, at the, in wow. the office, working on a model. Cause he just, wow. he was in a completely dark room, right. working 120 hour weeks for, I don't know, 30 years or something. And he just mm. died. So I don't want to go that way. Life is too interesting. Very. If if you if you've created your own lane, that is obviously you have. So yeah, it's very interesting. I feel like once you do that, it's not much externally. Mm -hmm. You feel like you have to be reaching for. Um, but uh, my co-host who isn't here, Andre, he said uh, something a few episodes back. But he says, if you're boss, you can't take a day off. Mm, that's um, not true. You can do whatever you want, <laughs> although it's not that easy. <laughs> uh, which is, I guess, was his point uh, as far as, um, even though you were speaking to like detach detachment mm -hmm. or, you know, having a hard stop mm -hmm. when it's time, I feel like subconsciously you still. I'm and, always and, thinking and about all, it, and, always. You know, always thinking about the first thing that needs to be done and, you know. <laughs> well, I'm on like, okay, so I don't actually like get on phone calls or do any work. First off, we've built an amazing team and our studio is awesome. And like, I can walk away now and not check my emails on vacation, which is great. That said, when I'm on vacation standing on the beach, I'm like holding my <laughs> white claw or whatever it is I'm holding. And I'm like, hey, what do you do? Oh, I'm in, I'm in a design studio. Like, what, you know, that's cool. Yeah. Like, let's, ex like, so I'm always mm. doing that kind of thing, but I'm not yeah. actually like sitting at my computer checking emails. Got so I, I've it. definitely like designed this studio uh, in a way that yeah. allows me to walk away and have mental downtime. But it's always like I take it with me, right? It's all just part of me, so I take kind of take it all with me at all times. Mm. So speaking of the studio, Pixel Parlor, um, what services do Pixel Parlor provide? Ah, so um, there's a lot. I mean, for a small studio, we have a lot to offer. So um, identity branding, um, print collateral, digital yeah. marketing, social media design. Um, in experiential design, we are really mm. leaning into our experiential design. We just hired this new lovely human being, Jackie. Um, uh, can you speak more about that? Uh, what oh, is that? Experiential design? Yeah. It's EGD that's more interesting. Okay. Environmental it... graphic design. So it's more like, um, it's branded spaces, but Jackie, um, she used to do, she's, she's like a, She's a version of me. She used to work at some of the big architecture and interior design studios doing experiential design. Mm -hmm. So branded workplaces, um, retail experiences, restaurant experiences, like redesigning all those and branding components. And then there's a signage and wayfinding component to it, but it's just like this branded experience. So um, like we worked on the Fairmont Park Conservancy project together with her. Right. Um, and which was at the flower show. And it's just like, you know, it's a pavilion. We designed a pavilion 
um, for folks who were coming in at the flower show to sit down and enjoy a branded experience um, for the Fairmont Park Conservancy. So, you know, it's something that you can in inhabit. Like, it's a right. space. It's like on a human scale, not mm -hmm. on like a you know, a handheld scale. It's like, it's a room. So she's designing right. rooms and campuses and, and other wow. things like that. Yeah, I feel like um, with people you bring on, you're very, like, particular um, about who you bring on, which is also kind of shows, like, a leadership quality, which is being good at, like, delegating and things um, so that you in, inherently will have to, like, you know, like we're speaking all time, we have to be, like, hands-on with everything. Mm -hmm. But I feel like you were someone who, who um, is good at bringing people in who are like um, good at what they do. So, in in, in terms, everything out. I was not always good at that. <laughs> I've gotten <laughs> how, really how good. Did, how did that come about? What were some um, of the things you had to let go of or add on to? I really had to stop stop hiring. I was for a long time. I would just fall in love with people's portfolio. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> your work is so good. And I would be so like starstruck by like how beautiful their work was mm. that I would overlook the fact that they maybe had some f prohibitive personality traits. Some pr personality traits would make it hard to, to, to collaborate with. Mm. Um, and I did that so many times that it got, it just, I had to stop it. I had to stop it. So now, um, like there are some people who I like bring in that are, I bring in for interviews that are incredibly talented, but if I get any kind of sense that there might be, um, they might be antagonistic or maybe a little bit snarky, I, I can't do it, right? We have, we have a, a very strict no asshole rule um, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm doubling down on it because I can't, I can't like, I'm just like, if your coworkers are assholes yeah. to me, to you, please at, tell me because we cannot. It's like a zero tolerance. We have no. It's a no asshole mm -hmm. rule. I can't do it. It's miserable. We're too yeah. small, and it impacts every aspect of your life if you're working with somebody who's yeah, an absolutely. Ass. And that, when I was here, that was something I appreciated because um, we talked about it a little bit in the interview where we was like the people in here are kind of like-minded, like you. Um, so when I finally was in here with everyone, it was nice because. Um, it was easier to not just communicate, but work as well. Cause, um, we kind of talked about a little bit about it, but that ego mm -hmm. wasn't there. So the chemistry in terms of, you know, me working with other people too, I'm like, okay, I work a lot better with this person. Mm -hmm. That was, that was needed. Um, so I feel like, you know, in terms of, um, you were saying you don't really do all the other work, but, um, as far as the glue type work that mm -hmm. is needed because, you know, it's what keeps the, I guess, the overall machine going mm -hmm. or running smoothly, yeah. I should say. I um, just want to work with nice people. I don't it's not so much to ask. It's not so much to ask it's, at all. You would, it's not much to ask, <laughs> but it's not always easy to find. And it's really hard to, de to determine in like a 30-minute or 45-minute mm -hmm. interview. I mean, I, I love working with you, and I hope we get a chance to collaborate again soon. Because, um, again, like I said, I love working with you because that room for creativity and like that playfulness is always there, which I feel like is a core thing in mm -hmm. design. Um, should, it should be incorporated into the functionality as well. Um, but going back to Pixel Parlor, mm -hmm. I want to talk about the WBE. Oh yeah, <laughs> CEO, female CEO slash WBE. Yes, I, I did, I read up on that and if you're listener, uh, WBE is Women's Business Enterprise Certification um, Pixel Parlor is currently, are yeah. you still on, ongoing or is no, that? No, it's official and we are the official. only wow. 
design studio that is both WBE certified and B Corp certified in the entire state of Pennsylvania. Hell yeah. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. So we, we wow. like, I mean... Uh, I, mean it, I mean, looking at the journey and... We were talking about, you know, the early stages of the journey and then you know what you wanted to do since you were mm-hmm. about age 11 and, and having this vision and, and people who cannot relate to you or, you know, see your perspective or, or understand the vision, um, kind of casting that fears mm-hmm. on you as a, you know, as a kid. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like, because I remember, like, back then a lot of things were, like, huge even like people mm-hmm. seems like you know huge and then you grow up and you're like it's not so bad mm-hmm. but back then words just mean so mm-hmm. much because it's like that's all you have as a young person and so whatever someone says it really kind of sticks but fast forward to now to you know pixel parlor being b corp wbe certified and the only uh design studio in pennsylvania that's, that's unbelievable. <laughs> My parents really uh, are proud of me now. They went from not, <laughs> they went from not talking to me because I enrolled into design school to being pretty damn proud. <laughs> really? It, it was, oh, yeah. They were so mad at me for getting into design school. They're like, we're not paying for you. And I was like, that's cool. Money comes with strings. <laughs> um, so wow. I paid my way through school and they're like, we don't get what we don't know what you're doing. We don't understand it. But now, like, yeah. I, I, I like I, I get it. Like, I really like this is that strong sense of self and that strong sense of mm-hmm. like vision of what I want to do with the studio and what I think we're capable right. of. And also responding to the horribleness that's going on in the world right now and trying to make sure that I'm able to like navigate that in a way that feels authentic to me also feels like we're being productive and a positive influence Mm. and trying to take trying to take the industry to a better place like working hard and seeing seeing if trying to do these things actually is you know people planet profit right if we can do people planet profit we're in good shape but like people are afraid that it's like it's just like profit, profit, profit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not like that's ne- it's 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 killing the environment. It's pe- killing people's psyche. It's ki- it's crushing the economy. It's crushing the morale of the country of the global economy. Like it's not working. Profit, profit, profit is mm-hmm. not. It's so destructive. Right. It's killing. It's killing us. It's killing us. So like if we look at it through the lens of people, planet, profit, then we're gonna be so much more mutually beneficial. And if I in if I am able to pull that off and like run a successful business, cool. Yeah. Like how like <laughs> how satisfying would that be to like magically pull that off, just by being super stubborn? <laughs> yeah, very. I feel like uh, it's also very satisfying as far as you know, like the stuff that you set out to. For me, is is not only satisfying to like the end result, but also kind of inspiring the whole story to um set out to do something and then get it done um you know obviously there's time but you you got it done because that was what you set out to Mm -hmm. do initially and a lot of people don't really have that i feel like a lot of people don't have the very first part is that passion Mm -hmm. so for you to express how you feel and have them relate or you know be able to provide any sort of helpful feedback it's kind of hard um, and over over the years, I, I kind of learned that because it was like <clears throat> ideas and you're chatting with friends or whoever, and they don't really add much. Mm-hmm. So over the years, I was like, okay, I got to learn who I could really talk about certain things mm-hmm. with. Um, like, you know, like I have friends who are like friends 
personal friends. I have friends who are like personal but business friends. Mm-hmm. And so we talk about person, our personal life and business. And they're able to offer a lot more than just, you know, head nod or, you know, sure. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? Because like, yes. that's what you need as far as if, you, if, you, if I were to say, oh, Jen, I have an, an idea to start a, a podcast that I'm naked and broke. Um, and you're like, oh, sure, that'd be great. And I'm like, okay, thank you. And then we move on. That's not like a healthy, you know, conversation or healthy engagement. Right, exactly. Um, so it's always like difficult. I feel like I try to put myself in other people's shoes and, and say, okay, if, if you don't understand my, you know, perspective, there's a reason why you don't. Mm-hmm. So I need to understand why you don't. Mm-hmm. So maybe that could help me help you understand what I'm doing or, just, you know, cut you off completely because, you know, it's my vision and I have to protect it. Yeah. Um, well, so I, I feel like I appreciate that because there's similarities regardless of genders is, mm-hmm. you know, is writing down a goal and going after it. Yep. And you were saying, even with the, the, the cussing stuff, that, that was, was crazy. <laughs> Which you don't do. Because <laughs> that would be like the last thing I would say to anyone that, you know, use, use profanity based on gender. Um, or like, you know, profanity. Oh, my God. So it's, it's like anyone could cuss. If, if you want to say something, you say don't use it. Yeah. That's the most appropriate. But um, even with that, it's not so much of um, I was reflecting on some stuff. And I feel like people, when they come into your life with whether you have an idea of things you want to do, I feel like people are, are a reflection of nature and, and the universe mm-hmm. in, in terms of you asking and the universe testing mm-hmm. the things you're going after. <clears throat> so when like, I encounter people and we have a conversation, I'm always thinking about that. Mm-hmm. It's not so much what they're saying or who they are. I'm thinking about, um, like you were saying, when you went to college and the parents was like, okay, it's on you. That was you and then it was whatever else the universe was gonna mm-hmm. assist you with. So that's kind of how I look at it. Whereas, you know, I, I engage with someone and they're kind of swaying, I'm like, okay, Personally, where is my center at? And, right. You know, why is it that I engage with this person when I could have engaged with, you know, a million other people today? And, and so I try to check myself first. Um, and I feel a lot of people don't have that self-awareness in, yeah. in, in any terms. Um, Life is a big experiment. It really is. And there's, there's no answers out here. You try and error. <laughs> but you have to keep pushing yourself, right? You have to keep pushing yourself. You have to see like if you can do this stuff cuz everybody's just going to tell you no cuz mm. they don't have the courage to do it. <laughs> and you just have to be yes. slightly crazy enough and and just do it. Yeah. Uh, like just like push yourself, put yourself out there. See what yeah. happens. What's the worst you can do? And thoroughly embarrass yourself? Okay, embarrassment only lasts a short amount of time. I always tell myself the worst I could do is end up dead true that, that was like okay Every, yes. everything else is like it's true yeah are you gonna end up dead from like not showing up at my studio without a portfolio no you might be slightly embarrassed but then that just yeah. like that kind of stuff just goes yeah, away exactly like, so, like as long as you can just like find a way to get over yeah. that like fear of embarrassment or fear of judgment or whatever mm-hmm. i mean you just if you can do that you can pretty much do anything mm-hmm. yeah pretty much because again it starts with self yep. self-awareness is the key to a lot of things because you would know how to adjust moving forward mm-hmm. or whatever you're doing. Um, but what's the best part of your current job, being a CEO? and Being with these people and making really great things with these people and, and making mm-hmm. friendships with people like you, like folks like you who I know I'm going to collaborate with for forever. I think like just really seeing everything grow um, and just like 
turn into like this well fully formed thing right it was just like you know it was just me and my partner like you know freelancing together and then it's grown into this thing and it it keeps growing right year after year it keeps getting better and even last year was not great by any stretch of the imagination (laughs) but like to come out of it and like know that I've got a really great team and I have really great collaborative collaborative collaborators and great collaborative partners and um a gaggle of friends and people rooting for us like that feels good. It feels really yeah. good. So I think that's the best part. And mm. like, um, and then I can be my own ridiculous self on these phone calls and people like it. People respond to it. I see people smiling on calls. <laughs> I spent a lot of time on my phone calls to seeing if people smile, like seeing if people are smiling on those. That's th- awesome. Th- calls. <laughs> God, I don't even want to know how long we can talk if we have beers. <laughs> We'll like, we'll like close the damn place down. I'll be sideways. Dumb naked and broke. Welcome back. Um, so Jen, I, uh, I got a question for you. Sure. Do you still go by your, uh, alias, a modern ghost? Oh, <laughs> you really dug up all this stuff. Um, no, I don't. Actually, some indie band bought that URL from me a while ago. Um, I, that was me. Like that was. When was a modern ghost? I actually still like it. For a while, I was like <laughs> self-conscious about it. Um, it was, you know, probably when I moved to New York and I had to figure out. I was in like a series of bad jobs where my paychecks were bouncing, and I was like, I think I need to have a persona or personality <laughs> or be someone, um, and really like work on who I was to be able to get mm. the job that I wanted. Um, but no, I'm not. I mean, maybe I am. Do, do you feel like a modern ghost? Oh, you have no idea. I always do. I always do. I'm like, you know, heavily influenced by all the goth kids I hung out with in, in high school, all the punk punks and like goth and punk and like indie rockers and all those folks. Like, um, and like I grew up and my mom thought our house was haunted with poltergeists. So there's so many ghost stories. I have all the ghost stories and like creepy, weird stuff. So I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, that was awesome. I clicked on the website and it was it was the band, like you said, and I was like, "Whoa, Jen has been holding out on us." <laughs> I'm not in the band. The band bought it from me. That's that's so funny. I actually should look that up. I haven't like seen the band. Yeah, um, it, it, it was well put together. So I was like, "Oh, I, I guess I don't know something." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not in the band, although I would love to have been. Mm, it's always always fun. I don't. I'm not. I don't have musical abilities. That's like it's not in my body at all. My mom tried to get me to play the piano. I was like 12. I was like, I think it's too late. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, What's your favorite color? Oh my gosh, it's um, teal. It's probably everywhere. Interesting. It's like, I mean, is it that color? Yeah, I mean, it's teal. It's like turquoise or Mm. teal. Um, Yeah, I just like a a very Caribbean blue. Like that is like, I mean, it's that color and it's the color in the other room. It's like the very Caribbean blue. Did, did that influence Pixar Parlor Brandon at all? Yeah, <laughs> of course it did. I mean, <laughs> it's like on its ways and it's really muted right now, but it has always been like some turquoise Caribbean blue kind of color. I just, it brings me a lot of happiness. Like, yeah. isn't there, there's nothing more delicious than like jumping into like a big ocean of like Caribbean blue water. Like it's like so satisfying so to clear me. as well. <laughs> Uh, but actually, funny enough, my favorite color is blue, but I like every 
like version of blues, mm -hmm. which for me, it's just, it just provided a lot of like, uh, like sanity. Yeah. As a yeah, kid, yeah. as a kid, it provided me with just, just existing. That was the only time I could just exist. It's a meditative so, color. Yeah. Yeah. I would describe it as such. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, what's your favorite typeface? And, and why? Ooh. Um, okay, this is really hard because I love a lot of them. Mm. And I mean, okay, let's, this is like the most generic answer ever, but Gotham, um, as far as sans serif typefaces are concerned, it's a really good one. Um, mm. It's very geometric and architectural. It is bulletproof. You can use it in anything. It always looks good. Okay. Um, as far as just typefaces I'll have to get back to you on that one that changes <laughs> um, I like like there's some really great type foundries out there right now doing really fun stuff and I really I have to get back to you on that one <laughs> okay because <laughs> there are wait Gotham is not fun yeah I uh, Gotham <laughs> I, I Gotham and Helvetica are like like two fonts I feel like are typefaces mm -hmm. I feel like you could you know plug into a situation mm -hmm. and people might not say much about it I'm not a Helvetica fan, though. No. I, I watched can't. a Helvetica movie. I, I used think, to work for Gary. Like, really? Yes. <laughs> I watched the movie. That's why my paychecks bounced in New York. It's because <laughs> he went to, to Europe to film Helvetica. And uh, my health, really? our health insurance went away. Our paychecks oh, started wow. bouncing. But yes, I have, I, have, I have beef with Helvetica. Wow. Wow. That's also, crazy. I don't find it inspiring. I don't find it inspiring. Yeah, I watched reasons. the movie as a kid, and I, I, I loved the... When I was a kid, it was like in school, we had to watch it, and then we watch it later. But I loved the whole process of mm -hmm. the designing typeface. And it was one of the reasons I was like, yeah, that's not for me. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a very... Um, it's very interesting because there, there's so much detail and like personality and mm -hmm. characteristics that they try to capture in a letter form, which is cool because as designers, when you are being selective, it kind of shows yeah. if you're working with a project, it kind of shows. Um, but I have a, a little bit tougher question for you. Okay. I was going to save it, but I'll ask it now. Um, never hear music again or lose your ability to read? That is, oh my God. Um, Oh, God, that is the most <laughs> impossible question. Um, I love both so equally. Um, I, it would be devastating. I think, it, okay, this is an impossible question. I guess I would have to say never listen to music again or never mm. ever be able to hear music again, although it would break my heart and I would probably <laughs> be like yeah. really miserable for the rest of my life. Um, I think reading is just so essential that yeah. I, I, that is, that is, thank you for asking me an impossible <laughs> question to answer, but I think I would have to go with never hearing music again, just because reading is, without reading, you don't have intelligence and mm. without reading, you don't have, you can't help yourself. You're ho ho True. helpless. All the, but I mean, music brings me so much mental health and happiness and fun and joy and, and pleasure. Creativity um, sometimes. No, I mean, I listen to it all day, every day <laughs> at work. Um, but I, I would have to say I'd have to stick with reading mm. and lose music. Oof. Mainly, I know. <laughs> Thanks for asking if possible. Uh, well, reading takes you places. Yes. I haven't heard that about music yet, so. <laughs> music does take you places, too. It do, too. but it's, it's not out there yet. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not like, um, 
the parents don't say, go and listen to that album. Yeah. <laughs> they say, go read that book and, you know, <laughs> and travel through your head. <laughs> well, maybe I would tell that my, to my kids. But Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, I think music is very, for me, I'm more of like observative. Mm -hmm. So like anything like hands-on or if I could hear anything mm -hmm. like visual, like I learn a lot from, <laughs> from those than uh, actual like sit down. Um, but yeah, that, that's a tough one. A lot of people struggle with that one. It's brutal. <laughs> I have another one. Okay. Um, this, this is not as, as bad as the last one. Um, best design book or any uh, design book you recommend? Oh, let me think about this. That, that, you, that you've read and would recommend? Um, you know, it's not necessarily a design book, but um, I really like reading anything about Andy Warhol and the mm. factory. So any kind of books about Andy Warhol, I find a lot of inspiration, um, mainly because he touched so many different kinds of media. And he crossed the boundary between art and design and dabbled in music and film and everything in there. I think... Um, I didn't know about the music. I had it. Velvet Underground. The Velvet Underground. It's like... And Velvet Underground influenced like every... Almost every contemporary like indie musician, every wow. any indie musician. So they like kind of they created an entire genre of music. Wow. But um, so a book in particular, I can't think of one off the top of my wow. head. Um, but I do think like any, I will read and ab absorb anything about Andy Warhol, um, and I get a lot out of it. Also, he's a wild maniac, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, so are all artists really? Um, I like. Uh, I think I've, I, I heard of Andy because of Jean-Michel. Mm -hmm. Which exactly. is like one they of my favorites. They had such a huge influence on one yeah. another. <laughs> it was so great. Um, someone I wish I've met is Jean-Michel for yes. sure. Um, college or no college for artists? Absolutely college. It gets Why? your head screwed on straight. Mm. Like, if you're going to have, like, if you're going to be an artist and just do art all day, do that but mm. if you want to be able to make a business out of it i think co college gives you the skill set the connections and mm. the the framework to be able right. to do a better job of it and mm. not feel like i just worry that people who only do art and don't go through college um are just open for being taken advantage of um and don't necessarily have access to or realize that they have access to the resources that can really help pull them through and, and make them make a better life for themselves. Yeah. Um, I'll have to agree with that with my college towards then reflecting on, you know, costs and all of that. Um, I remember what I took from it was like the connections and, and the people that I met because those relationship was kind of invaluable. Mm -hmm. um, so I, with, you know, weighing the options, I was like, because I went through it, mm -hmm. I'm better off. Yep. So... Um, I would never have had the confidence to mm. be where I am right now. I would have let all those people say, who said all those crazy things to me, I would have let that, that all take me down. I couldn't, I would, they'd still be in my head. But college allowed me to mm. walk away from that and into something better. Yeah. Imagine you no longer have to work. What would your typical day look like? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> I would just like, okay, if money were no, no object, nope. I would have a really, I would restore an old Victorian house and put all sorts of contemporary things inside of it. Wow. <laughs> um, and like, also, I would just live in like a 
like my design, my dream design home. <laughs> I like old Victorian houses with like all sorts of like quirky. I like art. I just want to live with art. I want to live with like beautiful tile and beautiful fixtures and um, all that. And can I do it on the side of a Caribbean ocean? <laughs> Um, or in Europe or in like Barcelona or something like uh, I w- that's what I would do if I that didn't day. have to work anymore. Wow. I would just like just live somewhere old, somewhere old mm-hmm. and beautiful and like put every design thing that I like am infatuated with <laughs> into my life and just like, yeah. yeah. I feel like back so then like homes and houses had like personalities yes. and characters. Yes. Now they're all a bunch of boxes yes. put together. It's not a good look. <laughs> <laughs> it's fast to build, but it's not yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, what is a lesson you feel you learned a little too late in life? Mm, that I am very powerful as a woman. Wow. That although like people tell me that I'm not powerful, like I have learned to own my power. Uh, and I really want to inhibit that power and um, make sure that I can help other people do it. Mm. Um, I have always, until very recently, like have always felt like, I mean, that the disadvantage of being a woman was like, um, I, I just, I'm just, I just know that I have power now. I don't know. Like awesome. women have power um, <laughs> and we just need to step into it and own it and use it. Um, and it's going to get thrown back in mm. our faces. But um, I think women have something really special to offer that is uh, underappreciated. Yeah. So uh, does that mean you're going to be writing a superhero movie pretty soon? Um, <laughs> no superheroes, but I might. <laughs> I have a couple. I think I you know, maybe write a book or something, mm. maybe for mm-hmm. kids, a children's book. Something to help my daughter like step into who she is and own herself from a younger age. Yeah, that that's much needed. I have a I have a little sister who's eleven mm-hmm. right now, and just like her perspective is very different. Because I also have like two brothers, mm-hmm. and how we interact with one another is very different. And like one thing I notice about her is like she's very like she like calls frequently, mm-hmm. and I'm like, is it because you're a girl? I didn't know. But it's like it changed my like my perspective mm-hmm. changes because like I- interacting with my brothers is different. And when you know when she calls, it's like specific stuff and whatnot. But it's very thoughtful and yeah. you know a lot goes into it. So like as a person, just as a dude, just seeing the world differently, um, a lot has come from just interaction with my um, sister and mm-hmm. also the part about you know checking in on people it's not necessarily mm-hmm. a girl thing it's a human thing yes so it, it was that's also another realization um that came up just just or you know i guess like a friendship really mm-hmm. um it makes it, life richer it makes your absolutely your bonds better absolutely and you know definitely i would want her reading reading a book you would put out for sure because <laughs> um, the one time i think she's in definitely gonna get it wrong probably sixth grade fifth grade that sounds sixth or seventh yeah she's not in seven i know that for sure (laughs) (laughs) um but she went to school um because they were online and then went in class Mm -hmm. and the first day of school like they walked in she was with my mom and they walked in the class and immediately she turned around and and told my mom i can't believe i have another white teacher and my mom didn't understand um she was talking about representation Mm -hmm. 
Yep. And and for me, that wasn't something I was thinking about when I was younger. Yeah. Um, so like in terms of the difference, it was so like that for me. It was a proud moment because I I felt like she's she's already smarter than me. But like just like <laughs> thinking about you know stuff that you know for her ben yeah. benefit in her life, um, and and I feel like a lot of that needs protecting, as 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 you know people get older, because. You know, the world will try to take it, take yeah. that away from you, and try to tell you what your value is. She needs a big. She also, your sister needs a big brother who uh, <laughs> can show her how nice people can be. She has that. <laughs> <laughs> and like you, she probably needs. Some, she, I mean, I think all girls and all kids just need mm -hmm. someone that they can look up to, who's going to be kind to them and, yeah. and show them, show them that they can, they are worthy. Right, kids are exactly. just sort of beaten down. Yeah, and even like yesterday, she uh, she called, and she was leaving the hospital, and was like, "Oh, my mom was like, I don't know why your sister like got all the rocks from in front of the hospital." She was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna paint them." I was like, "Yeah, save me a couple. Let's let's get in on it." That's awesome. <laughs> That'll be so fun. I love finding the painted rocks. <laughs> yeah, but like whenever she's out, she like grabs them. But like for me, it's just like observing like mm -hmm. how personalities and things come together. Um, but before we wrap up, I have one last question. But I want to take a moment to tell you thank you and tell you I appreciate you and your time and what you do. And also on the design scale, I think with you know the de design, the impact of the design, sustainability, um, being environmentally friendly in like products and things, and even like like partnership and people you collaborate with, I feel like all of those is adding up to raise the standard of the design industry because it's very low. <laughs> if we're being honest, it's very low. It's very low. Um, and just like setting us such a high value, I feel like a lot of people could take a lot from that and in terms, could set their own value. Um, so I want to appreciate you for that and for um, powering me through on your journey as well. Um, and you know, being out here and having a studio that's now B Corp certified and also WBE certified as well. The only um, design studio in Pennsylvania. It's blowing my mind right now, but <laughs> <laughs> thank you again. Um, so one last question. Uh, the show, Dumb, Naked, and Broke, the reason it's called Dumb, Naked, and Broke is because I feel like people are um, young, ignorant, and inexperienced. They're not really dumb, naked, or broke. Um, so the last question to you is, um, have you had a moment in your career or just in life in general where you felt you were um, a young person, meaning, you know, lacking whatever you need to, and then ignorant, and uh, ignorant meaning lacking the knowledge to the next stage, and, and then inexperience, obviously, not having the experience to do what you probably would have done in that moment, or, you know, wanting to say, oh, I'm gonna circle back and get the experience and then get it done. So basically, I'm asking, have you had a, a moment of feeling kind of young, ignorant, and inexperienced? I'd say I felt that from the day I was four years old until the day <laughs> I started Pixel Parlor. Wow. I was all of those things. Mm. I didn't know any better. I didn't know how to listen to myself. I didn't know how much worth I had. I didn't know... Um, I just didn't know. And then I just, I just, I basically like when I left New York, I, I had a choice to continue in design or go in a different direction. 
and Pixel Parlor gave me an opportunity to stay in design and find my just my direction and find my my focus. Mm. But until then, I was all those things. You you think it was the transition New York to Philly or Pixel Parlor that did it for you? Where you? It was um, it was both. Mm. I mean, it was both and it, like. Um, Philly is just so awesome for entrepreneurs, for people who are just like, I'm going to try this thing <laughs> and I can still somehow pay my rent. Um, so I think Philly is like in really lovely that way. And I think a lot of the neighborhood, like the local businesses are super yeah. engaging and helpful and not like, like backbiting. Yeah. Um, I think like the cost of living, it, even though it's going up, it's just like much more approachable than like DC or New York or Boston. Mm. So it allows you to do stuff, um, and it allowed me to take a risk. And I think it allows Philly allows a lot of creatives and people who are just like can't make it work. I couldn't make it work <laughs> working for other people, right? I mean, there's one job I would have probably stayed at forever, but I needed to leave New York. Um, but I think like it just gave me the environment. I think Philly, maybe I'll attribute it to Philly mm. leaving New York with the tools. I, I went to New York not having a clue. New York, I found myself, like who I am and what I can embody and, and found my, my power. But then moving to Philly allowed me to live that out mm. and express it. And I would never have been able to do that in Cincinnati, Ohio, where I grew up or in, <laughs> in Brooklyn, New York for, for different reasons in both places. And Philly was my sweet spot. Mm. And um, the community we have here um, of small mission-based businesses and, and um, you know, local economy, like the focus on local economy <clears throat> is really a living, breathing thing here that mm. people are excited about. So I think Philly gave me the opportunity to um, take the, the road less traveled. And, uh, <laughs> it's, you know, yeah. almost, it's almost 10 years. Mm. Awesome. What an awesome story and inspiring, like I said before. Um, again, I want to thank you and acknowledge you for you know, just sticking to your, your story and, and, and powering through and um, inspiring me and whoever else will hear this, I'm sure they will be inspired as well and, and take some things away from it and they could hopefully apply to their own journey. Um, so thank you. And again, I want to acknowledge you for your time and just being you is very inspiring when you could be yourself and not no one else. Dumb, naked and broke. Jen Ritchie, Nicholas. Oh, I thought you did something. It's been another episode of Dumb Naked and Broke. I'm your host, Emmanuel Wisdom. Make sure to tune in next week for more fire episodes. Like, subscribe, and follow us on our platforms. Dumb Naked and Broke. Yeah.